Anyaseo, welcome to Afternoon of Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, three American romance novelists discussing all things K-romance from a writer's lens. We fangirl over our favorite actors and actresses, talk up our trope addictions, and nerd out on K-drama deep dives. We'll throw in a few K-pop and K-skincare wrecks for good measure, because why not ride the haul you wave all the way to shore? So grab some duck bokeh and listen to your new favorite unease. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hi there. So we are back together, which is always nice. It was fun last week, I understand, having a guest come on. Sarah was awesome. Yeah, it was great. That's awesome. And I am sorry I missed it and missed her, but I was in Las Vegas. And yeah, I wanted to just talk about it just a little bit because Las Vegas is a really weird place and I don't gamble. (laughs) I don't gamble, nor do I like male strippers. So it was like, okay. Let's, let's do this. And I was there for five days, which is a long time to be in Las Vegas. That's like three weeks. It is. <laughs> yeah, it felt like it. For real. So one thing I did, because you know me and I like to ask questions, is everywhere I went, I found myself asking the same question, which is, has anyone ever had sex here? So I'd be in the Uber and I'd be like, has anyone ever had sex in the Uber? The driver was like five times. What? <laughs> <laughs> Then we went to this other place and we were like, yeah, no, totally. And he's like, one time my favorite was, he was like, he was like, hey, don't be doing that back there. And they were like, oh, sorry. I was like, if you're going to do it, you don't apologize. Like, this oh, isn't sorry. a big car. It's like a Corolla. <laughs> <laughs> They're like then, bumping his seat as he's yeah, driving. Totally. And then the other place was this like blackout restaurant like you go and it's pitch black and you eat in the pitch black it was a seven course vegan dinner in the oh i've always wanted to do that yeah i've heard about that it was really fun they serve you with like night vision so of course i'm like has anyone ever tried to like fuck in the restaurant and she's like oh i found underwear before (laughs) but can um, you imagine at the end of the night when they like turn on the lights and stuff like that like what they must see yeah oh (laughs) <laughs> they run a black light over the carpet. <laughs> oh. Somebody's just like, oh, I was going to get real gross. I was like, I'm just going to get real gross. Sorry. I was like, someone's like, I want some extra cream on my pasta. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, so all that to say that like, yes, creepy stuff happens in Vegas. And then I realized that maybe someone now feels like they have a creepy story about me. So <laughs> we stayed at the Bellagio in this like suite because it was cheaper to like have four of us in this big room. And my friends were all wanting to go shopping. And I got an Oculus that I brought to Vegas to work out with because we're also doing a family fitness challenge where we have to do 30 minutes of cardio every day for 60 days. And I am not going to be the one to break the chain on the family fitness challenge. So I was like, <laughs> I got to go back and work out. And when I got back, the room was still messy and it was like three o'clock. And I'm like, oh, dang. And then the door knocks and like housekeeping comes in. And I'm like, shit, man, like I only have like an hour to work out and I don't want to work out like in the room while like the lady is trying to like clean the room because like that's weird for her and me. So I just decided to make it much weirder. (laughs) So I was very flustered and very focused on what I wanted to do. And where we were staying had three bathrooms. Like that's how big the suite was. And one of the bathrooms had like a whirlpool tub and was really big. And I was like, (laughs) ma'am, I was like, ma'am, I'm going to go into this bathroom. Please don't come in. And I'm like, and you make you <laughs> trust me. It didn't no matter what that. you hear. No matter what <laughs> you hear, do not I did. come in. I did. I did. And it didn't occur to me because I was so flustered. So I was like, I'm going in this bathroom. I'm going to shut the door. Please don't come in. I'm like, you may hear some Please. weird stuff, but it's totally fine. And that was all I said. And then I went in the bathroom and shut the door. And I was telling my dad this today. He's like, why didn't you just tell her you were going to go work out? I'm like, well, that felt weird. He's like, that, what you said, was much worse. So I was in there totally, like, doing, like, a rather vigorous workout. And it was hot because it was, like, a bathroom with, like, hot lights. So I was all like, <laughs> and then, like, sometimes, because you've got, like, your Oculus headset on, I was, like, punching. And sometimes I'd, like, hit the wall. So I'd be like, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure she was like, I literally don't even know what's happening in there. So now somebody's telling a creepy Vegas story, and it was just me working out and sweating in my underwear in the bathroom. (laughs) 
and that's how crazy I got in Vegas. That's like the uh, like the pinnacle of my craziness. Wait, you were working today. out in just your underwear? Yeah, my brown underwear. And your Oculus. That's it. And that's you were wearing. Well, it was real oh hot God. when I went in there. Like the like heat lamps were on. I was like, I'm gonna get too hot, so I like stripped down. Yeah, I'm like I like peed. <laughs> All I keep thinking about is like is like the is like the Hangover the movie, and like really you were like in there with your like tiger. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows what she thought was going on in there? I mean, she's probably seen some pretty weird shit. Yeah, that's what you I know? kind of was thinking, and so that's where like. And I don't know why, like, I am awkward, and I think I forgot just, you know, because sometimes when I'm just living my life these days, like, I forget, like, I have an awkward past. So hanging out with high school friends, which is why I went to Vegas, I was reminded of so much of my awkwardness as a younger person. Ah. And, like, what, like, how I, like, my hallmark move was, like, to, like, like a boy, and the way I would, like, show him my affection was to, like, never speak to him. And then, like, get brought out in dates and just sit in absolute silence. <laughs> Which is why now I overcompensate by writing everything out. Because I will never sit in silence again. <laughs> okay. can, I, can I ask also, did you also, when you told her, like, no matter what you hear, don't come in. Were you also holding the headset, like, while you're saying this? <laughs> yes, probably. Yes, I think so. Or you just had it like, but I was, case. I was, dressed. you just had this like weird white case. <laughs> but I, I did have clothes on. It wasn't like, like... <laughs> cause is she like, she's going to watch some VR porn in there. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know she was just like this older, nice lady. And she just like, she didn't even blink an eye, which is why it like, didn't hit me that it was like as weird, you know, like I was just kind of like, okay, go. In. And then I'm like, oh, I hope she doesn't think it's weird that she heard me. And then like, yeah, today as I was telling my dad about it. It, like, hit me all of a sudden, like, oh, my God. I really sounded like a really creepy person. <laughs> That's incredible. Well, I think you should be honored that you are probably someone's creepy Vegas story. Because you made your mark. Yep. Right. I did not have sex in an Uber, but I did creep out, do an Oculus in the bathroom, heavy breathing. <laughs> that is so funny. I'm just picturing it. And I'm, like, the sounds, like, because yeah. like, I often, I, I'm, like, just down the hallway when Neil works out in the morning. And it's, like... A, it's weird sounding, you know? And there yeah. are plenty of times where he's, like, heavy breathing, going, like, oh, like, I just can't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And this woman had no idea what she was I doing. swear, like, if I if I do, like, if I do, like, a really vigorous workout, like, after a really vigorous track, I'm, like, always going, fuck, fuck. <laughs> like, maybe catching my just, breath, but, like. Maybe she thought I had, you know, the cast of Hospital Playlist in there and we were getting it down because I guess that's going to be my segue. <laughs> my segue is. Look at your segue. That's your segue? I mean, like. That's my, a bad a segue. segue would be, I would say a better segue would be, like, I sometimes sing along while I'm working out. Oh, just oh that's like, sweet. Just like, yeah, yeah, Hospital Playlist. Honestly, neither of these were our best, but let's keep moving forward. <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> so in 1999, five very different students embarked on their med school journey and became fast friends. Now, 21 years later, they work together at Yule J Hospital, where by day and well night too, they save lives as liver, heart, brain and pediatric surgeons, as well as bringing bebes into the world through obstetrics. And when they can fit it in, the gang loves to eat and argue together and most importantly, play music, which they do once a week when they're eating and arguing together. So Hospital Playlist is the brainchild of the Reply series and prison playbook dream team of producer Shin Won Ho and screenwriter Lee Woo Jung. So while this drama is more about the emotional lives of the doctors than the surgeries, although Megan might dispute this, <laughs> the Hospital Playlist team spent four years preparing for season one by meticulously consulting advisors in all the hospital departments featured. In fact, advisory doctors were there every step of the way to provide advice on how actors should wash their hands, enter the operating rooms, and every gesture taken during the surgeries. So I felt like that kind of attention to detail really showed for me. Look, I'm not a doctor. I don't know it. But like, it seemed real, real credible to me. <laughs> um, so oh, 100%. Uh, same. As, yeah. I mean, what do I know? But like, it seemed like, yeah, pretty good. And apparently doctors like... Overall validated it. But as always, we're going to kick this off by discussing the drama without spoilers. And, you know, we're also going to just be discussing both seasons of the drama. There is a hospital playlist one and two. But I feel like, you know what, I don't have the mental gymnastics ability to be able to separate out all the plots by myself. So we're just talking about it as a whole. 
Well, we are doing a two-parter. Yes, we are going to do a two-parter because there is kind of just like a lot to talk about two seasons where every episode's like, what, two and a half hours? <laughs> oh my gosh. No, oh, but yeah, like two, yeah. hour, two hours, basically. All right, so let's get into it. Amy, to kick things off, let's leave Wang Shimi Station and how do you feel about medical dramas as a whole and how did this drama stack up? So... Medical dramas are not usually my go-to, but I've given them a whirl over the years. So going way back to the 90s with ER, I started that one in the beginning, but I did not stick with it for the whole 15 seasons. Yes, 15. Same with Grey's Anatomy. I was into it early on because of the excellent romance trope with Meredith, a resident, having a one-night stand with Derek, who she doesn't know is her attending physician. So that's like awesome, like for my romance-loving soul. It's a great setup. But y'all, this series has been going since 2005, and it's still going. And the only way to keep things quote-unquote interesting in a show that lasts for that long is to break people up and kill people off. And for me, that gets old real quick, which is one of the reasons why I love K-drama. A story arc lasts 16 to 20 episodes for longer dramas, or 12 to 13 for shorter dramas, and we're done. We get a satisfying conclusion without having to force romances apart or kill our beloveds. So when Hospital Playlist was getting a lot of hype, I was like really wary because what I knew of Western medical dramas had turned me off. But Leah assured me that I would love this one, and she's usually right. So for me, this drama was, as far as like stacking up, I mean, it it blew Western medical dramas out of the water for me, which is a good thing, right? Because for me, this wasn't really... You know, most of the setting is inside the hospital. That didn't really faze me. For me, this drama was a group of friends that I never wanted to leave. And I didn't have to watch any of them come to horrific ends. So for me, it was a very enthusiastic thumbs up for the drama as a whole. And as a medical drama, which normally isn't my bag, but now it is because it's Hospital Playlist. Well, do you remember like the chokehold that ER had on like America? (laughs) Like, I feel like... yeah. Oh, I my mean, God. George, ER I mean, it was 90s. George Clooney. George Clooney and oh, Noah yeah. Wiley. Like, come on. ER in the 90s was everything. See, I never watched it. They did crossover episode with Friends, like, where they had uh, George Clooney and Noah Wiley were on an episode of Friends as doctors. Because there was a lot of hype. But here, here's also the thing. I started, so this is getting, like, probably too into my college past, but my junior year, it was my junior year of college, and I was studying abroad in Scotland, and... I lived in a six flat with, you know, five other female residents there. And only one person in our six flat had a TV. And she was able to get like, it started, I think a year later in the UK. And so we started watching the first season of ER and like friends together, I think. But for me, it was like super fun because I was seeing this popular American show that I'd never seen before while I was overseas. And so it was like this connection to home type thing. And then, yeah, of course I was hooked because you're right. It had like a chokehold and stuff like that. But like, I can't stand the things that you have to do to sustain a show for so long. Right. And then when characters, like when actors want to leave the show, it's always going to be like super dramatic. Like when Anthony Edwards wanted to leave the show, Dr. Mark Green, Goose from Top Gun. I'm going to spoil Top Gun and ER for you, but too bad, so sad. Those are like decades, decades freaking old. But like, they killed off Goose, you know, on ER, and I tuned back in because I was already off the show. I tuned back in just to watch (laughs) Dr. Green die. And then I was like, yeah, I just, I don't need this in my life anymore. Like, I want something that's going to make me feel good at the end. And that is 100% what Hospital Playlist did. I'm sorry for all you ER fans out there and Grey's Anatomy (laughs) fans. Like, no shame to you for, like, loving what you love, right? We don't yuck anybody's yum here, but it's just not for me. A series that lasts almost 20 years is not for me. All right. So, Megan, as you were watching, you kept mentioning that there were too many surgeries. Now that you've finished (laughs) the show and had some time to reflect and digest, how do you feel about this drama? So I'm not a medical drama person. The only one I ever watched and truly enjoyed was House because the main character was extremely compelling. And I liked how each show was like really sectioned out into like its own medical mystery. It was very, very episodic. I mean, there was like overarching plot lines. Obviously it was some romances and House's drug addiction, but it was just, it was a good show. I used to, I mean, I remember watching that with my husband. We liked it a lot. So as far as Hospital Playlist, I, I will just say the first episode was like a mess. 
and I would rewrite it in a heartbeat. And I sort of panicked on Leah and Amy, like, after I watched the first episode, because I was like, guys, what is, like, what is happening? <laughs> I don't know if I can watch 24 hours or 24 episodes of this. They were like, I promise it gets better. And it does. It totally calmed down. It focused on the five main leads and their friendship, which was the absolute heart of this drama, was their friendships. And so I really enjoyed it. I think I still could have done with about like 75 less, 75% less surgery footage. But the, here's the thing. I mentioned this to Amy and Leah in that, so I binged it essentially. Like I kept watching it. I watched like an episode a night. Sometimes I watched two episodes and I just felt like, I don't know if it's really a bingeable drama like that. Cause it's just, it's not, obviously there's no like, overarching external plot that's like really heavily driving the plot forward which is fine like it doesn't a drama doesn't need that but i'm just saying on from like a binging drama standpoint it's not like the best and i really feel like it because i think some of the hospital stuff started to get repetitive because i was watching it so frequently so i really feel like if i was watching when it aired and I watched it, I would tune in like every Thursday, I think I would have liked it even more because I think it would have been more like I was returning to see old friends because that's truly what it it felt like watching this drama. You just feel like you're tuning in and watching your friends do like good stuff to each other, saving lives, being kind. I mean, really, it's like a truly wholesome drama and I really loved it. And I, to I actually, you know, I, I do love that. I'm glad they only did two seasons or whatever. But I would say, like, I would tune in, like, I would tune in to watch these guys do their thing, like, more often. Because it just, it was nice. It felt good to watch the drama. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I watched it, and I would end every episode, and I would just, like, feel good. That, like, ending, like, t -t 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 that, like, Oh, symbol. I love it. I know. Yeah. Like, even if they ended it kind of on a cliffy, you, like, knew things were going to be okay. Because it's hospital playlists. Like, they didn't, they didn't mess around and do mean stuff, you know? Anyway, so yes. I watched season one in more of a binge because season two had already started. And then I got to watch season two pretty much live. So I get where you're coming from in that, like, when you are watching it every day, you're like, man, a lot of people need liver transplants. Like right. A it lot. was like, yeah, and it was like <laughs> the number of times again. It would just it started to feel repetitive, and I don't think it would have if I was tuning in. Right. Like once totally. Like, like the number of times that I was like, oh, he's scrubbing up, and he's gonna hit that button with his with his crock again. Like, <laughs> okay, this is what's happening. You know what I mean? And again, that it's not that's not. I'm not being mean about the drama because I loved it. I think it was just the way I watched it. All I have to say is like. If I wore the Crocs without socks, my feet would stink. So I didn't talk about that because a couple times they were like in their bare feet in Crocs. And I was like, oh, man, I could never do that. I could never do that. I am gross. <laughs> they were just <laughs> clumping around without socks. on. I was like, I'm jealous. Like, do they not get feet sweat? <laughs> can you just wash Sorry. Crocs, though? I, I yeah, you, went, oh, you can, but, really. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they're they're just like plastic shoes you just wipe them i off. would be sweating so much my feet would be slipping because i have like a foot sweat problem and you'd also We're learning be forgetting things about megan we didn't know <laughs> so megan has super sexy feet maybe you need to go to a hospital oh, and get that looked at <laughs> i know i don't think your feet are meant check to out eat. a sexy okay. podiatrist yeah. So, Leah, seeing as slice of life dramas are your jam and you already love the reply series, what makes Hospital Playlist a top drama for you? Well, it was definitely the surgery aspect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. And the singing. And the singing. Okay, yeah. So, here's the thing is I have never really been I liked House. I was into House. I mean, I fell off of it, but like I liked it enough when it was out. But beyond that, I've just never been attracted to watching. I've never watched like ER. I've never watched Grey's Anatomy. I watched one episode of Scrubs, and I think it was probably the most single painful television. Oh, Scrubs! Experience. I did watch Scrubs. I forgot about Scrubs. <laughs> I love Scrubs. Yeah, you would. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. I know. Fuck you. Damn. I, I meant I got to go in the bathroom and do some working out quietly. No, um, I meant it because you like friends, too. I know, but that's also still a dig. <laughs> I just mean it with, like, some respect. 
where you you would. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm crying. Amy, I'm so sorry. So this will be my last afternoon of delight podcast, everybody. It's been really fun. <laughs> my face is red. Oh my god. Megan and I were okay. talking about how if we were a K-pop band, that Amy. Oh I don't think Amy was on today because she was working. <laughs> We were talking about how... Um, yeah, no, yeah, I logged on to Slack and there was like 175 messages. And I'm like, I have a job. Yeah. I mean, allegedly I do too. No, um, this, this was during my lunch, but I was talking to Megan about how this is a non sequitur, but like she's just finished my name and has been having to like, was like, I need a palate cleanser. And I was like, you know what? One of my go-to palate cleansers is watching K-pop like videos like fan like you know just like interviews and stuff and i really love watching my like jam is watching rm at bts like organizing bts and as i was watching it last night and watching be like exasperated and trying to like organize folks i was like amy's like our rm <laughs> she is she is our exasperated leader who's just trying to keep us in line and gets like no respect as long as you acknowledge the facts yeah. that you so, are the fucking worst. Like, we are. <laughs> we apologize. I apologize. I respect you. I don't like scrubs, though, at all. <laughs> okay. And it is the single worst. My friend liked it in college, and she was like, let's watch this show. And I remember she turned it on, and I was like, I feel like I'm in like my own. Like, I still can remember the visceral feeling that it gave me. That was like a sensory feeling of like, no. <laughs> I, I mean, fair. This. So sorry for like this happy sitcom that I apparently yucked all over your yum, Amy, and probably a you lot did. of other people's <laughs> yums. But bringing it all back <laughs> to this was not something. So hospital playlist, I was not seeking out for hospital. I was also not seeking it out for the playlist aspect because band type of shows or books just like aren't it for me either like i just don't really like lyrics and books are like my worst nightmare you know it's just not my thing so putting doctors and a band together is like a hundred percent like you might as well tell me it's like 90 hours of like 80s synth music with parkour for how much i'm gonna want to watch it <laughs> michael loves to rock yeah michael loves to rock so it's actually really good and it's in my top three dramas. And here's why. I think it's because, honestly, this is a very, very quiet drama in many ways, even though it has, like, life or death stakes, like, every episode. And I feel like it's just incredibly character-driven. And I think that, like, while there's, like, always, like, some external conflict happening in terms of, like, a medical emergency, really the real story here is about, like, the inner transformation of each of these characters and the relationships between the characters. And so, you know, when a story is more like heavily plot driven, it's kind of like the character is always like making choices. And I feel like in a more character driven story, it's more about like how the character has arrived at making some of their choices, if that makes sense. And so I feel like this was just very much hyper-focused on, like, the internal and interpersonal struggles of the characters and, like, how they, like, showed up for their work and how they showed up for each other and for their colleagues. And I really liked it because I felt like the emphasis was on developing these very realistic, flawed, ultimately superhuman characters. And I felt like we could all find aspects of ourselves or people that we know and love in these characters and, as a result, connect really emotionally. And they all felt like super good friends and buddies. Just like you guys. <laughs> I agree. I mean, honestly, I finished watching it. It made me like want to be a better person. I'm like, I want to, you know what I mean? Because they were good people and good friends. You could start by treating me better. I know. <laughs> and you I didn't make this would. <laughs> I was so. I was. You would. <laughs> Put that so on amazing. a pillow. <laughs> you would. <laughs> it wasn't meant to see. Look. Yeah, sorry. I'm just an asshole. I love how you tried to qualify it by insulting me more. <laughs> yeah, so really, I was trying to be less of an asshole, yet apparently still very much an asshole. That's the... <laughs> All we right. like what we like. We like That's what fine. we like. It's fine. <laughs> Except Amy no longer <laughs> likes me. Okay. <laughs> so everyone 
Which of the five main besties is your significant other type and why? Ik June, Ik June, Ik June. He is my favorite and I mean it started that way and it never wavered. He's the lovable dorky single dad who is also hilarious, loyal, romantic in the most subtle ways, and can fucking belt out a Bon Jovi tune like whoa. And for him and him only, Crocs are my sexuality. Anybody <laughs> else, sweaty... especially Megan with bare feet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially Megan with her sweaty, sweaty feet. Um, and I should also mention, like, he is also, like, a very good-looking dude. But, like, just the character himself is just, like, it's he's a lovable goof, right? And I, I love a guy who can make me laugh. And I laughed even when it got serious. And there were a lot of times he wasn't just the goof, right? Like, he could be totally sincere and, and all of that, too. But it was, like, every single episode, he gave me a reason to smile. And I just, I love that about him. And I, for 24 episodes, loved him. And the best dad, best dad ever. Yes. Oh, and his kid. Oh, my God. His kid, Uju. And I said, I want his son's training chopsticks. <laughs> he was holding them in the drama, and it was so cute. And I'm like, I want them. So, okay, I'm going to say Jun Wan, the heart surgeon. I just really loved him. He's blunt, extremely good at his job. And he has this kind of like hard exterior, but extremely mushy center in that he doesn't like to be alone. And he's a great boyfriend. So no matter how stressed he was with his job, he never took it out on Ixun or started a fight. And like, I'm a ex- very emotionally volatile person. So I need someone steady. And that's Junwan. I don't know, just throughout the whole drama, he just really got me. There are some really amazing characterizations in this show. One of the things I love most is, so when Jun Wan had like, he was in surgery, because I, I did watch surgeries, okay? And he there was like a problem, like something was going on and, and he, he would stand there, kind of hunch his back and like cross his arms and just stare. And like, I love that little, that little bit of characterization. I don't know, I just love that. And I love the fact that he, again, was very like, blunt and he kind of was like standoffish to people at work but yet his friends knew that he didn't like to be alone like he he lived with Zhang Wan and he was like panicking when he thought Zhang Wan was gonna move out and I just love those small details about his character and all the characters had really cool details like that I don't remember if it's in this in our first or second episode of Hospital Playlist where I brought him up but I call him he's a marshmallow inside like He'll never show yeah, it totally. except to his closest friends. And I did. I love that about mm-hmm. him, that he could have this sort of cold facade, but that wasn't who he was at all. I loved him a lot. So anyway, but that, I would say that, was, I, I, yes, I love the character, but that's also kind of my type, I would say. So I think that, like, my type is probably, I mean, I have many types, so it's hard. But for this, I'm going <laughs> with um, Chung Wan because I think I'm really attracted to competency And I also do love men who are great with children, but I tend to also just not through conscious choice. (laughs) I also tend to like highly competent men who struggle with imposter syndrome. And that is like not a conscious choice. It's just been something that I tend to have like found over and over. And I think because a lot of highly competent people do have imposter syndrome and so you know when he was constantly like crying to his brother you know being like i need to quit and i suck even though he's like the most amazing doctor ever i was like oh yeah like i have been there in my own relationship like this is just like not this feels familiar to me somebody who's like very good at what they do and being incredibly hard on themselves and then also just like i got it i had to go with him ultimately because, look, he had to choose between God and the priesthood versus love. And that's never, ever not going to be crack to me. Because, like, the priest trope in a romance novel is always crack to me. Like, that is the one thing you could probably tell me that would make me pick up any romance novel and at least give it a whirl. Is if there's some sort of priest element in it. I'm sorry, I am a former Catholic dirty birdie, apparently. But I don't even, like, want it for, like, dirtiness. I just really like this conflict of, like... God and this calling and this like path to celibacy that's like somehow inflicted and then what happens when like you fall in love on it so the fact that like we were given that in his character in season one I was like oh yeah I mean a hundred percent 
Right. That's one brand for Leah. 100%. (laughs) So, Amy, if you had to be a doctor in one of the specialties, what would you choose? And... Would you wear Crocs? (laughs) So when I wrote my answer to the above question, I didn't even read this one. So I mentioned Crocs and look at you calling me out on the Crocs. So we're just sponsored by Crocs. We're going to get sponsored by Crocs, by Papa John's, by all the things we shit on. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to somehow want to pay us because we're giving them visibility. So look, (laughs) I cannot be a doctor of any sort. I am not good with open wounds. And all of these doctors perform surgery. I chose a profession as far from medicine as I could, which is education and also authoring. But little did I know, moving to an elementary school in the past couple of years, that I would deal with so many bodily fluids despite not being a surgeon. So, yeah, no crocs for me because I'm not going near a stethoscope or a damn scalpel. <laughs> so... I couldn't do any of it, truly. So I know I kind of bitched about the surgeries in the drama. But one thing this drama showed me that a lot of other, not that I've seen a lot of medical dramas, but the ones I have seen uh, didn't, was just how hard the medical profession works from a day in and day out standpoint. Because this kind of felt more like an everyday slice of life drama. And like every single case wasn't like a sensationalized thing. You know what I mean? So I mean, sure, some of it was dramatic for the show, but a lot were just like kind of mundane procedures and we were shown the effort and the emotionally and physically taxing work of the the medical professionals we were definitely shown it rather than told it and so i really enjoyed that like i'm fortunate not to have many medical emergencies in in my life but it made me remember the night nurse after i gave birth to my first kid who like single-handedly taught me to breastfeed in a kind and calm way when I was freaking out, like losing my shit. And she was like a grandmother who'd like breastfed three kids and then had her, you know what I mean? So I'll never forget her. Her name was Barb, by the way. So shout out to Barb for being the best nurse ever. So we're just not answering this question. That's fine. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do any of these jobs. I don't even want to pretend to be a doctor because I just couldn't. So I was on it. I was, I answered, I answered the question. (laughs) You did. True to myself. The minute a patient pukes, I'm out. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I draw the line of puking and you want me to do it? No way. <laughs> I did a first aid class at the university where we had to do like wound care, like traumatic wounds. Like if there were like nope. bullet wounds or stabbing. Oh, and no. I was actually very good. I could get my hand way up into the fake piece or it was actually we were using like ham hocks. And I was good at that. Oh my God. But here's yeah. the thing is I, <laughs> I have pretty shaky hands. Like if you look and I just like, I realized at a young age I had shaky hands. (laughs) And so you just don't want me in your brain or your liver or your vagina, like basically. So I could be like maybe a pediatrician, but like not a pediatric surgeon. Yeah, I just, I mean, I can't even, I have a hard time watching the surgeries. Like I watched the surgeries in hospital playlists because they weren't like overly gory. But yeah, like gore definitely gets to me. So I would be the worst doctor and worst nurse in the world. Like they have to deal with so much, all the fluids, and I'm I'm not here for it. Maybe radiology. There, there you go. <laughs> all right. So an ongoing gag in the show is how Ik Jun was always stealing snacks from Jungwon's drawer. Like we saw Ritz crackers going down his gullet and Oreos on the regular. So Megan, what's your go-to work snack? Definitely cheese and crackers. And then also chocolate. I don't know if I need like the sugar boost. I actually have chocolate sitting right here that I used that I did not eat for today. So yeah, they're pretty much, there's almost always chocolate on my desk. So when you say cheese and crackers, do you mean like nice? Yeah. <laughs> do you mean like, like a charcuterie board type of cheese and crackers? Or are you like <laughs> just like a sleeve of Ritz and like some Velveeta? <laughs> No, I am actually a little picky about my cheese. Like, it's got to be, like, I do actually spend a lot of money on cheese. And I have to have, like, artisanal crackers. Like, I am a little bougie about it. And it can't be, like, anything messy because then I mess up my keyboard. Because, like I said, I really like pirate booty, but I'm not going to eat that when I'm working. She's got, like, booty dust all over her fingers. Yeah, (laughs) booty dust all over my computer. I already had to get a new keyboard because there was I got food in it and my husband reprimanded me (laughs) about that. Like, I'm a child. (laughs) All right, Leah, who will like this drama? People with very good tastes. (laughs) Um, I I think that, look, you have to kind of be willing to be happy to go along with what is 
I think ultimately more of a quiet drama, even if there's like stakes in it and there is a lot of life and death scenes. I think overall this is not like, yeah, there's not like a big baddie at the hospital who wants to like do bad things and they have to go up against him. And you know, like there's just like, there's not like big external villains or anything like that. So this is good people who are flawed, but ultimately like doing the best they can in the world. And you know, it's their slice of life. And so I think that people should give it a chance, even if they don't think they like hospital dramas and definitely get through that first episode. Cause I do think the first episode sucks. It's just messy. It's just like plotting and pacing is off in it. Yeah. It just felt chaotic. Yeah. Well, I think they just don't do a good job of introducing the main cast in the first episode, which is frustrating because the main cast is so good and their friendship is so strong. I just wish they like, I wish honestly the first episode started with them all together and it doesn't. No. It's like some random... No, and I don't even feel like by the end of the first drama, you fully know, like, who Ikjun is. Like, and he's, like, the main of, like, the main characters. Right. I almost feel like he's the main main. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's just a disjointed. So I think if you're willing to settle in, just give it a chance. I think, you know, if you get to, like, what? How many do you think? Three? Four? <laughs> Invest eight or nine hours. <laughs> I think once you get through episode two, like, you're in it. Right. The end of episode two was when I was like, okay, I like this now. So yeah, the end of episode two, I would say if you get to the, if you get, and if you get to like three or four and you're still not feeling it, then okay. But I think you'll really like the characters. Okay. Let's get into our favorite part of every episode, which is our K-pop wreck of the week. What do you have for us, Megan? So I'm really excited to recommend this song. It came out like either eight months to a year ago, but I have recently become very obsessed with it. So it's called Form and it's by Vanner, which is V-A-N-N-E-R. It's a male K-pop group and they're fairly new. I think they've been around for like two years, but like these are men. Like, the video is very good, okay? They're all wearing, like, suits, and I'm recommending it in this podcast because there's a very heavy, like, guitar backing in it. It's just in-your-face, kind of loud. The rapping's awesome. The one guy yells, like, Kaja! at the beginning, which means, like, let's go, and it's incredible, and he does this, like, hair move. Anyway, I am obsessed with it. I wish more people heard it because I think they're fairly new and not many people know about them. So yeah, it's called Form by Vanner and highly recommend the video and the song. And I will put it on our Spotify playlist. So we do want to let you all know that we have a Patreon now. So if you go to patreon.com and search for Afternoon of Delight, you'll find us. You can get an extra bonus episode every month. We also hold a live meeting with our some of our patrons. A support group. Yeah, it's like a K-drama support group. And it was it's so fun. We had a first one last month. And we post in there all the time. Like, we talk about all kinds of things, have discussions. Even just today, I did a poll on what I should watch next. That kind of thing. So. So please check us out. Join us. We have already have a, a, a really great little community and we just want to grow it. And just for, you know, a list of our episodes, more information about us, our Spotify playlist, you can go to AfternoonOfDelight.com. So just out of curiosity for the two of you, you know, which couple is your favorite in the drama and why? I do truly love them all because we love this whole cast, right? But because if June is my hardcore single dad who wears Crocs crush... I'm going to go with him and Songhua. The quiet subtlety of their courtship when they don't even realize that they're actually courting. Like, they say they're best friends, but you know that they're going to end up together. Like, it's amazing. And he shows up for Songhua's biopsy results early in the morning, even after working all night on an emergency surgery. And this is still when they are technically friends. And I love that even when he finally does confess to her and she rejects him, that he doesn't pull away. He stays by her side, even as a friend, until she's ready to put herself out there with him again. Spoiler, she did love him in college, and he rejected her because he knew back then that Suk Young had feelings for her. So it was a tangled mess of feelings, but everyone stayed friends, and eventually Song Wan and Ik Jun found their way back to each other, and it was perfect, and everybody was happy for them the end. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to mix it up and say Dr. Doe and his wife, so I know he's not part of the main cast, but I love him. loved him. Yeah, love him. Yeah, loved him. I mean, like, they are goals, relationship goals. Like they post, they make uh, Instagram posts about each other. 
They have amazing love and commitment. Dr. Doe basically drops all toxic masculinity and tells Junwan how much he loves just sitting with his wife after work and talking over wine rather than like be all cool for school and act like all he wants to do is sit in a man cave alone with beer. Like I just love him. Their whole story really got me and I love how much they talked out their issues and supported each other through her cancer treatments and pregnancy, which was a lot to throw at these two. Okay. I do want to say that goodness gracious, but um, and losing really and losing sweet. their money for their their house money. Oh yeah, getting scammed out of their house. But they money got it too. back. Yeah, they got it back. But like, yeah, yeah, because it's hospital playlist, so they got right. it back. Like that's the thing that you get to a point where you start to like really trust this drama. I think with your feelings. What is your favorite song from either season and why? So there's no doubt for me on this, and it's "Let's Forget It." And this is a song that was performed in season two, episode four. And it's when Junwan is just, like, deep in his, like, feels and his misery. Um, Ixun has just ended their secret longstanding love affair from England. And he's with the, you know, with the friends, with the band. And they're all just oblivious to his pain because no one knows about this relationship that much. And they don't know, obviously, that it's, like, Ixun's sister. <laughs> so he's, like, struggling to keep everything together. And, like, he's got this, like, fundamentally broken heart. And I felt like all these emotions just came through crystal clear in his performance. Um, like, Ink Jun sings, like, the whole opening. And then you see Jung Wan just come in with, like, you know, echoing the lyrics later. And it's just, oh, like, do you guys remember this? Like, yes, I do. It really just gets me. And I love the song. I actually have put the song on, like, almost all my fall playlists. I listen to it all the time. It's also featured in Reply 1988. So sometimes I just feel like me and the PD are like in this like strong alignment <laughs> on like taste and on certainly the emotional power of this ballad. And like, I don't love lyrics because I don't think that when you repeat lyrics, they just like work as well as like when you hear them sung. But I'm going to read some of them, like the translations, because I think that they are just really sad. And so it's basically like the songs, let's forget it. So just like forgetting everything. So like forget all the meanings behind the gifts that I gave you for your birthday. Forget the time I confessed to you on that drunken night. Forget how nice it was when we walked together on a snowy day like a movie. Let's forget it now. We must forget it now. And I think it's just like this like acknowledgement of like moments of tenderness, which are now just like too painful to remember because like the coupledom's over. Who hasn't been there? So like for me, it was just like, ugh, John Wan, like... I just loved the song and I loved him singing it. I think that it's time that you just admit that you like all the things that you think you don't like. <laughs> it's really Because you true. are like a walking freaking contradiction in almost all the things you think you hate. <laughs> Maybe I should just watch Scrubs, Amy. I think I need to just sit I down mean, and watch Scrubs. <laughs> I actually don't believe Scrubs hold, holds up, so... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I liked it then, but I think there's some stuff that wouldn't fly now. But no, like office romances, office dramas, office anything, The Office. That's so true. Right? Like, <laughs> I, okay, I forgot how much she doesn't like The Office. No, I no, I love The Office, but I was like, oh, she you're loves right, it, you but do. she didn't think you she do. would, so she never watched right. it and then did and was like, holy right. shit. <laughs> Yeah, because I just think that, like, people would be like, oh, I love office romances. And I was like, oh, I just think of, like, photocopiers. How unsexy. <laughs> <laughs> but then realize I love the shit out of office romance. So, yeah, I know. And hospitals know, and singing. So there you go. I hate putting lyrics yeah. in, but I'm going to read you all some lyrics. <laughs> because they fucking touched my heart. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. She, like, hates lyrics. And she's like, I'm going right. to read this whole song. I know, <laughs> I know. I know. So I'm not going to get all sentimental here. I'm a simple girl. It doesn't take a lot to get me going. So put the whole band in black, hand Ick June an electric guitar, and let him belt out It's My Life by Bon Jovi, and I am a goner. Yeah, I mean, Bon Jovi is one of my all-time favorites. I sang Living on a Prayer on my 21st birthday karaoke <laughs> with a long island iced tea spilled all over my pants, and I have the pictures <laughs> to prove it. I mean, just soaking wet soaking wet pants, belting out, living on a prayer. So yeah, I mean, I super enjoyed it. It's funny because I watched that episode and then I was somewhere the next day, like a store or something. And the song came over like the loudspeakers and 
I got very excited. Like, I like that song, but I feel like Hospital Playlist made me like Right, it now it's more. even more special. And I love... It is. So, Leah saw the episode a few days before I did, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was still catching up. I just remember her texting me and being like, do not go on social media. Do not see any spoilers. You're going to die when you see what the song is, because she knows my love for Bon Jovi. And, yep. And when, like, they even mentioned it, like, early in the show, something about It's My Life. And I texted Leah, I'm like, are they going to fucking sing Bon Jovi? Are they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, June, if June's like, it's my life or something, he like yeah. alludes yeah. to it. Yes, yeah. and I was like, oh my God. So yeah. So Amy, thoughts on Mama Rosa and her story? One of the aspects of this drama that I truly loved was how I cared about every single storyline, whether it was the main leads or side characters, and I adored Mama Rosa's relationship with Jong Su. Their friendship was sweet and funny, and in my heart they eventually find romance, but you know what? Even if they don't, I think they fulfill each other's lives just as friends. And I loved the portrayal of an older woman and man as fun-loving and capable people who aren't treated as having one foot in the grave. They had their own goals, their own conflicts, and I was truly invested in their stories and wanted more. I would have watched a whole drama just of them. Yep. That is how much I love them. Yeah. They had such an amazing relationship. I was like, if that's not my husband and I when we're old, then like I'm smothering him with a pillow. Because <laughs> that is like that is what I want. They were so supportive of each other. Yeah. It just was like It was lovely. Oh my god. Everything about it just made me so happy. Every single time they're on screen, their scenes always ended with them like joking with each other like teenagers. And I love them. Megan Iksun, how do you feel about her? so I didn't really mind her I think my one thing is I didn't think she quite acted like her age I think she was getting she was like close to 40 or something she was around my age and like she'd been in a relationship before she was experienced so lying to Junwan and breaking up with him by saying that she had feelings for someone else was just kind of like a low blow like it would have been better if she was just like look I just don't I don't have time for this or something but to like tell him essentially that she like betrayed him was just kind of stupid so i get that she had reasons but they just weren't good to me to hurt him like that but i think she's a good person i mean she's a great sister she was always there for her brother she was an amazing aunt i loved watching her interact with her nephew so you know maybe she's just not that great in relationships and that's okay like she can't be perfect at everything but you know i really think she kind of like learned from that experience and now that i trust she will be good for June Wan. I think they'll be okay going forward. That's what I have to say about that. Leah, how is Dr. An Jung Wan, aka Andrea, really just the fourth wife of Gu Dong Mei from Mr. Sunshine? Well, funny you should ask such a question. <laughs> <laughs> so we will be watching Mr. Sunshine. I think we're doing a podcast on it maybe in February, yeah. which I'm so excited about because, you know, it's like I am definitely... Too my top drama and so this is where like you know I'm not going to get into it too much but I think I talked in Mary Mate Murder about why like there's never been a K-drama character nor do I think there ever shall be who has struck me in the mate so hard as Gudong <laughs> Mei and just like the sweaty chest the blood spatter the samurai sword the hair half up like the emotional fucking boo-boos, the pain, all of it was just like, you know what? Like I grew up like, you know, kind of like the Xenia, like the Gen X, just as it was like punching into millennial time and like, you know, my so-called life and Jordan Catalano and just oh. kind of like that. Like, and I'm just like, this guy like got me in all of that, like adolescent, like, Wah! and so, yeah. And then, we see him just pop in here as like the happiest, sweetest, most sensitive, just like life-saving person. And I just felt like it was very hard for me to reconcile in like a very good way. And as the more I watched it, I just started to think that like so much of what happened to Gudong Mei, I think was like a result of like his childhood circumstances and just the circumstances of like Joseon at the time for people, especially in kind of like more of like the untouchable classes. And so here he is, he's like paid his dues over time and he's on his fourth life. I think if we're going back to talk about how Goblin had this conceit that like everyone lives four lives, you know, I think that he has moved into like 
where he's he made some very hard choices and a lot of like I think he came full circle I'd like to think you know he kind of like was rewarded through maybe the early 20th century with like some new steps forward and now here he is actively saving lives not taking lives and really it's just like it's the polar opposite of this other character that I love so much but I love this new version in just like so many ways I love that that's awesome I don't know I love that. And I have to say, so I, I mean, he's like a puppy in this. He's just like a big puppy. Oh, I know. And so I have not seen Mr. Sunshine yet. I'm extremely excited now, even more so after seeing him in Hospital Playlist. But I've seen like clips of him as Dong Mei. And I am like, how is this yeah, the same person? 100%. Like how the actor had transformed himself. And I just cannot wait to see the role. So I just, Can't that's wait. all I got to say about that. Yeah, I'm excited. Let's round things out today with a book wreck. And how about a book wreck that is a doctor romance? All right. So I think that I wanted to just really quickly recommend a book that many folks are probably aware of because it's also a super famous show as well as a super famous book. And that is Outlander. So it's a time traveling historical opening in 1945, where we have Claire Randall, a former combat nurse back from World War II and reunited with her husband on a second honeymoon in Scotland, going through a standing stone circle and all of a sudden being like tossed back into 1743 when Scotland's being torn apart by war and raiding border clans. And so she falls in love with a gallant young Scot, James Frazier, and, you know, is such a snack in a kilt (laughs) that she, you know, becomes torn between, like, staying faithful to her husband in, like, 1945 versus, like, her desire for this, like, delicious red-haired virgin in, like, the late 1700s. And... (laughs) You know, she's a doc. So she's a nurse that becomes a doctor over time in like the series. And so I feel like there's a lot of fun medical drama stuff that happens where, you know, she leans in hard to like having to do like she was a combat nurse in the war and then has to like, you know, she's in like this wartime situation. So she's like trying to like boil stuff and like show how to do hygiene without like people burning her for being a witch essentially (laughs) because she knows about like herbs and which you know stuff that people felt like was a little witchy and then Mm -hmm. you know she eventually becomes a doctor and yeah it's a good series it's got a fun medical twist to it plus sexy scots i like to end it on sexy scots that's a good one on that note we will round out this episode one of hospital playlist and we will see you all next time for our second half of our deep dive. Annyeong! Kamsamnida! Thank you for listening to Afternoona Delight. Make sure to subscribe for more great K-Romance conversation. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Afternoona Delight Podcast for more information on our podcast, behind-the-scenes photos, and, of course, pics of our favorite opas and unis. Annyeong! Annyeong!